Hello and welcome to Automators. This is the show where we tell you how to make your devices do all of your work for you. Or at least that's what we try for. Hey David, how are you? I'm great, Rose. How are you today? I am very excited because, uh, well, we've been playing with betas and there were no more chapters in Rose versus Elif. So yeah, yeah, things are going good. I, I, you know, today I think we're going to focus on shortcuts in iOS 13. Mm-hmm. Um, we've yeah. talked about it a little bit at WWDC, the show we had recorded just days after the keynote. Uh, now both of us have now been using the beta for some time. Yes. Um, and there's just so much to talk about with this. Uh, I thought we should probably update the listeners. Yeah, definitely. And especially uh, the first beta was super buggy and it completely broke shortcuts for a lot of people. Um, and then the second beta has fixed that and now there's a public beta. Uh, that's not to say everything is perfect, as you will hear throughout the show. Uh, things are not perfect, but wow, they are different and this is a good thing. Yeah, I just uh, I just opened up Siri Shortcuts on my iPad. Just as we're starting to record the show, and it says "Corrupt Database Reset Shortcuts." Oh, that's not good. It didn't say that last night when I was working here, Rose. <laughs> well, my mine is not doing this. So, um, well, I mean, I'd send oh, you my, my iPhone, but by the time it gets there, the episode will already be out. You know, what? I'm so. just gonna I'm gonna push Reset Shortcuts. Let's see what happens. Okay, I'm, I'm covering my eyes that's here. I'm covering my ears. Erase but. all of my shortcuts. And now it's just crashing. So there you go. Dan. Oh, there we go. So uh, this is the first of many warnings that you will hear throughout this podcast episode. This is a beta. Well, as we record this, uh, I'm on developer beta two. Public beta one is out. Um, but just because it's a public beta does not mean everybody should install it. If you rely on your device working and your shortcuts working, uh, then consider holding off at the very least until public beta two is out, maybe even public beta three, just because uh, this is crashy and there is a reason why it doesn't auto install on your device. That's September. Um, And as you've just heard live from David, it's crashed the shortcuts database. And and when I try to restart it, the shortcuts is crashing straight to springboard. So I'm restarting my iPad. I would really like this to be working while we record the show since we're talking about the shortcuts app. I mean, it would be nice, but you do have an iPhone, right? Yeah. And another iPad. We got spoiled last year because the betas were so stable. Um, oh, yeah. And this year, uh, they aren't quite. Uh, now it's no. working. I restarted the iPad. Everything's there. Welcome to Yay. Beta Life. Beta, hashtag Beta Life. Anyway. Oh, yeah. Um, so uh, as you can hear, it, it's not. It's too early for the. I, I'm really surprised they put out the public beta because I don't Me think too. this version is ready. But at the same time, I'm sure they're getting lots of good feedback from the brave souls that installed it. But if you're listening yes. and you've got an extra device and you want to goof off with it, go crazy. If you're about to travel or you need your iPad to to get, you know, pay for your shoes, this is not the beta for you. Not yet, no. And, and the, the general rule I would say on the public betas is when they come out, don't be in a hurry to install them. Give them a day or two to see if there's any, you know, mm-hmm. huge problems. And and once people start saying it's okay, then then go for it. Yeah, definitely. Um, And uh, as a reminder to everybody that does have the beta installed, there is a feedback assistant, which is installed with the beta on your device. This is the public beta and the developer beta. And in iOS 13 and iPad OS 13, and for the rest of the show, please just insert the word and iPad OS after iOS every time, because both of us are going to forget, I'm sure. 
um, then um, you can put that in the control center. And that's great because like something doesn't work in shortcuts. I literally swipe down from the control center. I tap the feedback assistant. It crashes on me because this is a beta. Then when I launch it again, it, it comes up and it gives me the option to add new feedback. Um, I know so. I'm going to lose this battle, but Rose, how many feedbacks have you uh, submitted so far? Oh, I've actually uh, been a little cautious. Let me see. One, two, three, 17. Yeah. So I've only got seven. <laughs> so I knew I knew I was going to lose that. Well, in my defense, uh, I have had some very weird issues, which I'm sure were caused by me being on the test flight and upgrading one device and then not upgrading the other devices to iPad. OS 13 or iOS 13 um, and then turning off sync and turning on sync. Like I'm, I'm sure I put myself in a corner somewhere, um, but I need to figure out a way of exporting and re-importing all of my shortcuts because one of the changes uh, now is you cannot install shortcuts from a file. You need to install it from an iCloud link. Uh, so, yeah. Yeah, there's a lot of changes. And that's why we're here today, to talk about yeah. shortcuts. And it, well, the first thing I would mention is that the name has changed. It used to always be called Siri Shortcuts and everything Apple published. And I noticed, like, watching the WWDC sessions, now they're just calling it Shortcuts. Yes. Um, and I think this is because there was a little bit of confusion going on. Um, because there were... Siri shortcuts in the settings, and then there was the shortcuts application. Um, and it was never clear exactly, at least to me, which one they were really referring to as Siri shortcuts. I always got the impression that the app was shortcuts, and then the ones in the settings were Siri shortcuts. But now it's just shortcuts, and everything is in one place in the shortcuts application, which makes my life so much easier. Yeah, and, and the reason why this got us excited at WWDC, the reason it's getting a, a whole show during the beta, is that this is not your usual update. Um, you know, often when Apple makes something new and shiny, they you know they move resources around and it gets a nice big update and then it gets smaller incremental updates in the years following, if at all. And in this case, the new version of shortcuts is fundamentally different than the iOS 12 version of Shortcuts. Yes, it is. Um, and th that's, you know, obviously significant, but it's really good as well. Oh, no, it's great. Um, I yeah. I feel like, uh, I may have said this on the show before, I know I've said it to you in person, is like, it's like Shortcuts needed a year to root, you know, like when you plant mm -hmm. a flower, it just needs time to like get in. And now after a year, it's fully rooted. And it's it now it's an application that ships on every device so no longer you have to go to the app store and download it. And it's got even more uh, connections as we're going to talk in the show between triggers and actions and things you can do from within the operating system. We're fully benefiting from the fact that it's an internal Apple product now. Um, they redesigned the user interface. It's got a new look and feel uh, that's superior. It's got an entirely new programming model. We're going to talk about that later. And it's just more powerful, but it's also easier to use. They they really yeah. walked the line here. And in fact, it's so different, Rose. I, I When I was at uh, WWDC, you and I were talking and I was struggling. I was like, how am I going to explain these changes to the Siri Shortcuts Field Guide customers? And as I got home and looked at it and then the betas got installed and I started playing with them, I realized it's so different. I have to like build a whole new course. So mm -hmm. I'm going to make a brand new series shortcuts field guide because all of the stuff I did last year 
really doesn't apply anymore with this new system. And uh, if you bought the old one, I'm going to give you a discount on it. But I'm, I got a three month project ahead of me in order to to explain this, and it's it's that different. And it's just kind of remarkable that Apple made something brand new last year, and this year they made something brand new again. And I think both of us would agree that, except for the bugginess of the betas, almost everything that I've seen in it is an improvement. Oh yeah, definitely. It's um, especially for people who don't have that programming, you know, coding background. This is much easier to use. I mean, one mistake I've seen people make time and time again, who are new to shortcuts, is they find something in their calendar and then they get the start time and then they get the end time. But they're trying to get the end time of the start time because that was what was immediately before. Because, of course, for us as a a person, it's obvious I want the start time and the end time of the calendar event, right? But in programming, you know, you have to say, I want the end time of the calendar event. And now it's really obvious because if you try and get the details of a calendar event, it actually has that calendar event in the action itself. So you can see that you're trying to get, you know, get the details of get details of calendar event or get details of the calendar event itself. Um, And this was a bad example because it sounds very complicated, but uh, I'll put together a little video demonstrating how that's different. Well, let's let's talk about because you're kind of like in the programming model. And I guess what I would say is traditionally... Um, workflow and then shortcuts or series shortcuts followed a traditional programming model in the sense of, you know, you need a piece of data. So you have a variable and the variable is the container that holds that. So you, in essence, declare a variable and then you put data in it. And the command in the series shortcuts was, you know, um, make very, or it was that create variable. And then you would get the variable later and there yeah. was a get command for it. And so like if you were working on something, you you couldn't necessarily have the variable declaration and the action on it in the very same place. So quite often you would have to go back and get the variable. And that was what was great about magic variables is you could, uh, through some trickery, you could kind of go in and summon those out of the application without making extra steps, but it still took a programmer's kind of mindset to create them. Um, now, automation, in contrast, is supposed to be simplification. It's supposed to be the idea of nouns and verbs or triggers and actions where mm-hmm. you have something happen and then something else happens. And what they've done with this new version with the uh, creation of parameters, and I'm, I'm trying to keep this simple, but basically they've turned it quite literally into a sentence of nouns and verbs where the action you want to do um, goes and gets the information you need, which, you know, in secret code is a variable. Mm-hmm. And then it performs an action on it and it's written literally as a sentence. So you just go in and tap in the words in the sentence you want to change or you want to have them pop up as a dialogue box and it does it for you. Um, uh, the, you know, we're trying to explain this orally, uh, it is, but the, the bottom line is it greatly simplifies the process of creating automation and it makes it obvious to people who have not had any programming training, uh, exactly what they're doing. Yes, exactly. So for example, I'm looking at an if right here and, and I've got a text block before that, uh, a text action. Um, and then the if says if text, text being a magic variable linking back uh, to the text, 
And then I've got contains, but I could have is or does not contain or begins with or ends with. And then I've just typed the word David. So it literally says if text contains David, and then I put whatever it is I want inside of that or inside of the otherwise, um, and I'm done. Um, and that I feel is going to be really useful for people who, who maybe even last year thought, eh, even though Apple owns it, I'm just not going to bother. Uh, you know, it seems like too much work. It's a lot easier now. Well, I think I can speak from my own experiences. Quite often, when I was learning workflow and then shortcuts to begin with, the sticky point for me was trying to figure out how to give an action the proper data to work with. Um, yes. You know, how do I know if I'm creating a calendar event, how do I know that, you know, I want it to be on a certain day, you know, and how do I give it that data of the day? And it's it was just kind of difficult. And you had a process where you created the variables and then you went and, and quite often the trick to unlocking a new shortcut was adding a get variable command right mm -hmm. before you did something. Because in your head, you think the program knows what you're talking about, but it's just a dumb program. And the fact that you declared or set up a variable two or three steps earlier doesn't mean it's going to know that it should be thinking about that two or three steps later. And um, with the system they use now, this new model, everything is contained within the action itself. So you have the noun and the verb as one step. Not only does that mean you have less blocks in your series shortcut model, but it also means that if somebody who has very little understanding of this stuff, it makes obvious to them exactly what it's doing. And um, uh, this is the reason why there's a whole new field guide. This is the reason why Rose is working so hard on this. We got an article that she posted this week over at Sweet Setup we're going to link to. But it just it just changes the entire game. Yes, it really does. Um, and, uh, you know, it, it makes it a lot easier. I, I should clarify set variable and as to variable are still present because you can create variables, but there is no get because get is built into every single action that needs input. Um, and, and that I, I find is just such a brilliant move on whoever thought of that. Whoever thought of that really should be really pleased with themselves because on the one hand, yes, it means that you need maybe a little bit more work in setting things up and changing things around um, if you are modifying things. But on the other hand, it's just so simple for everybody. I could show my mother this. My mother is not a programmer. She's a business analyst. And she 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 got it. I was showing her. I, I had to go home a few weeks ago. Um, and uh, I showed her and she was there going, oh, you know, I can figure this out. Yeah, I mean, like, it, yeah. It, it eliminates a level of, of abstraction. And I, mm -hmm. I think that is... One of the, there's many changes, but that is one of the biggest and most important because like that learning curve that I had to go on when I was learning this stuff years ago and, and you did as well, that's gone now because mm -hmm. um, you just, when you want to make something happen, it's obvious what's happening. And, uh, and so that's going to empower people to make more powerful automation, which is what we're all about here. It most definitely is. And I'm really looking forward to seeing what all of these new people do with this. Let's talk a little bit about, since we're on the beta, how well are our old shortcuts doing under the new regime? Well, I, I, I had myself cornered into a bit of a spot because I was using the test flight version of shortcuts before. Um, and I, I should probably switch to the public release before I installed the beta, but I didn't. 
um, and that broke a few things. Um, the shortcuts team said that they, they'd already fixed that when I, when I showed it to them. And they said, don't worry, it'll, it'll be fixed in the next beta. And for the most part, things are indeed fixed. Um, however, some shortcuts have gone a little bit wonky and I've had to uh, rework them. Uh, in general, if you open a shortcut and you see the action get variable, that means that you've got work to do. Um, but the vast majority of mine are working. And what I'm really liking is that all of the ones that were previously in settings, so like finding my keys with tile and things like that, are now in the shortcuts app, which means that there's no more the developer created a shortcut, but you can't see it in the shortcuts app because it's only a one action shortcut, which they never thought anybody would use uh, as part of something else. So you can only run it on its own. So yeah. I, in general, yeah. pretty solid. I have quite a few that are broken and I'm going through and fixing them. The simple ones are all still working. Some of the complex, but not all of them are working. So I, I'm still in that process. But you did touch on a point there that in addition to the changes to the, the programming model, they also just made shortcuts more accessible throughout the system. Like one mm -hmm. of the things they've added is you can be in an application and and there is a there's a button that shows up that said, you know, add to shortcuts. And it's something that you do frequently. You press the button. And then what it does is it opens up the Siri. I'm sorry, it's going to take me a while to get used to not saying Siri shortcuts. What, then what happens is the shortcuts, I guess, editor, for lack of a better term, opens up inside the application. And you mm -hmm. see that sentence with the nouns and the verbs right in the application that you want to invoke. So it just makes it, you know, for a lot of people that never found their way to the shortcuts app, they're going to see the shortcuts interface through this local instantiation of it. And it's great because now you can really customize when you add to shortcuts right from the place that you're doing it. And yeah. so you can even make little changes. Like if you've got something, like one of the examples they used at the WWC thing was ordering soup. And like you say, well, I want to order soup often, but I want to change the flavor. I want to change the amount of it. You can do it right from within the app with that local instance of shortcuts. And it's obvious what you're doing. You just tap on the words in the sentence and then it, you save it and now you've created a shortcut. I, I just love how accessible this is going to be for people like Rose's mom. Yeah, exactly. And also, um, just to touch on accessibility one step further, um, you no longer have to speak um, to Siri or type to Siri uh, in order to add a shortcut. Previously, if you were donating a shortcut from an application, so say you'd opened OmniFocus and you got into the OmniFocus settings and you were adding something like viewing your inbox to, um, to Siri, you would have to speak it. Or if you had type to Siri enabled, you would have to type to Siri. You no longer have to do that. Uh, they, they can define a default um, the, the developer can define the default, and that and that will be used automatically. I, you know, I had no idea how much how upsetting that was to me until I realized we didn't have to do it anymore. Because oh yeah, so many times I sit there and I'd be like talking to Siri, trying to give it a name, speaking as clearly as I possibly can, and it'd say, you know, I'd say name this one banana strawberry, and it would come back and say okay, carrots and peas. And I'm just like, no. <laughs> just yeah, exactly. It, it, it would be very frustrating, especially I can imagine in your case, anything involving a client name, it would probably spill it wrong, even though it's in your contacts, things like that. Yeah. Well, so, so many subjects, I just gave up on making audible or you know um, voice controlled shortcuts because the names were so odd that I just knew I would never get it to work. So now I can just type them in. 
um, that's a nice improvement. Yeah, and also the name of any shortcut is how you run it via Siri now. You can you can add it with alternative names and so on, but if if you have uh, a shortcut, I've got I've got one here called Travel Plans. Uh, I no longer need to add this to Siri with the name Travel Plans. Uh, I can just say magic words, Travel Plans, and boom, uh, I'll pop strip it. So nice, yeah. I want to talk about triggers and actions and some other new capabilities, but first let's. Uh... Let's pay the bills. Yeah, uh, we would really like to thank our first sponsor of today's episode, which is Away. So this episode of Automators is brought to you by Away. Away creates thoughtful products designed to change how you see the world. They started with the perfect suitcase, and now they offer a range of essentials that solve real travel problems. Their luggage is loaded with features. The Away carry-on, for example, comes in an array of colors, two sizes, and two materials. It's got a 100-day trial that lets you try any Away product on the road. comes with a lifetime warranty, which means they'll fix or replace your bag if it ever gets damaged. And it's got four 360-degree spinner wheels to guarantee a smooth ride. The bigger carry-on is sized up to make the most of the overhead bin. And Away suitcases are designed to last a lifetime. You get a 100-day trial on everything, plus free shipping within the US, Europe, and Australia. I have the Away carry-on, and honestly, one of my favorite features is actually the laundry bag inside of it, which sounds kind of crazy. Um, but I, I've always had this problem because I always forget to pack a laundry bag, and it's right there in my suitcase now, so I never have to worry about it. So far, I've taken my suitcase to the UK, and I'm going to be taking it to Chicago at the end of the month, where I'm going to be seeing David at MacStock and hopefully some of you. I would recommend the Away suitcase to pretty much anybody who travels a lot because they're super sturdy and the battery pack, which is an optional feature, is actually really useful. There's nothing worse than sitting at your gate with your plane being delayed and your phone slowly draining in battery. Being able to literally just plug your phone into your suitcase is great and you can pop it out if they need to check your suitcase for any reason. Go check them out now and for $20 off a suitcase, visit awaytravel.com slash automators and use the promo code automators at checkout. That's awaytravel.com slash automators and use the promo code automators during checkout. Thank you so much to Away for their support of this show and all of Relay FM. So David, we've got some new triggers, which is scary, but none of the other stuff has gone away. And actually it makes shortcuts about, mm, I would say, 8 billion times more powerful. Yeah, it is uh, quite a bit more powerful. And you know, it was there weren't many ways to trigger an automation with shortcuts back in the workflow days or even the iOS 12 shortcut days. And, you know, it was um, basically a button in the application and then some trigger, like you could put it on the um, Today View screen with the widget. Mm -hmm. There was a fairly, for me at least, unreliable voice control off of the HomePod or a more reliable voice control off the iPhone directly. And and then you could have the watch. There was also a watch way you could trigger them, but you know mm -hmm. the watch is limited screen space. Yeah, yeah. And honestly, a lot of the watch stuff never really worked very well, just because there, there's only so much memory on a watch. Um, I've, it has increased with the more recent versions, but for me, it was never very reliable. I could maybe get it to add, you know, like chocolate to my shopping list, which was honestly my most frequently used watch uh, uh, workflow back in the, the day. But nowadays, I can just 
talk to Siri and do the same thing. So you need a you need a chocolate button somewhere, right? Just press the button. Yeah, 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 yeah. I do, I do. But it's okay. I have drafts now. So, but uh, so with shortcuts and and you and I spent some time with the shortcuts gang up at WWDC. They really added a lot of triggers and. They, they were explaining to us when we talked to them that, you know, they just had this big list and they started, at, you know, checking the items off and they got a long way through the list for iOS 13. Yeah, they did. Um, and it, it's amazing because these triggers, it's a really long list. And then there's another list, which is kind of scary, but it's good. <laughs> well, uh, the thing I like about it is they are some that don't involve your interaction as much like the one thing we always wanted was time-based triggers. You know, wouldn't it be nice if every day at four o'clock, you know, my phone or iPad could do X, Y, and Z, and I didn't have to think about it. And now yeah. you can. I mean, uh, and, and honestly, if they had come back and said, yeah, we added time-based triggers, I'd be super happy, you know, that, that yeah. was there. And I that's kind of what my expectation was going in. Like, if we had got to iOS 13 and there were no time-based triggers, I would have definitely been disappointed. But mm-hmm. they they have a bunch of event categories. They have so time of day. You can also trigger it to an alarm. Yeah, yeah. This is really useful. I've been using that to start my day because uh, you've got an alarm and when it's stopped um, or when it's snoozed. So when it's snoozed, um, I, I, I've, I've got a little uh, shortcut that if I snooze it, it adds like a random insult uh, into a text file. Um, and then when I stop my alarm, then one of the first things it reads is the random insult. And there are usually things like, you know, you eat too much chocolate or why do you keep uh, snoozing in the morning? Though I must say, because I've had the broken ankle, I've not really been using that too much. Okay. Tell me how you did that. I mean, is it a list of insults that you just typed into? Yeah. yeah. So I just type, so I have a, I have a tech, uh, text action, um, and I can share this and this, this works on iOS 12 as well. So I'll try and share an iOS 12 version. If I can find a device in my house, that's not yet running iOS or iPad OS 13. Um, and so I just have a text action, which has a list of random things in it. Um, and then I split it and then I use the filter, um, files option and to filter randomly, I get the first item from a list, and then I just write it into a text file. Yeah. Um, and then, uh, most important, when my alarm uh, stops, uh, after I wrote it out, uh, I clear the text file, and I write an empty space into that file. Yeah. And then, um, so you're not going to the web to pull from a set of web-based insults. Oh, no, no, no. I, I'm just... Yeah, because, uh, you know, if you search for random insults on the internet, you're going to get some really horrible stuff. And I just want things like you eat too much chocolate or you yeah. snooze 17 times a day. Really? Um, even if I haven't snoozed 17 times. You could you know, do that, I, actually, now that I think about it. So every time you hit the snooze button, since that is a trigger, you could set a variable and add to it each time you do it. Yeah, and yeah, you then, could. And then you could give yourself a report. Um, yeah, of how many times you hit the snooze button. I wonder if it'd be, uh, and then if you you could actually put that into a data file somewhere, and then you could compare it to your sleep log. Just be curious mm. to see how often you snooze compared to, um, you know, to how what the quality of your sleep is. Yeah, and I mean, you can use all sorts of things. This you could just use a text file, but you could also use something like the Tally app by Agile Tortoise, the same people who make drafts. You want to something weird about me? I, I don't use snooze. I don't even turn it on. I try not to. Um, uh, I, I seem to remember at some point Dwayne The Rock Johnson released an, an alarm app for iOS, which had no snooze button. 
Oh, really? um, <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Uh, people went crazy. And he was like, no, just don't snooze. When your alarm goes off, get up. Yeah. Do it. And I was like, well, I can do that with a regular alarm. I don't need the rocks alarm. Um, yeah. I, th- I just yeah. find snoozing doesn't help me. So <laughs> it just makes things worse quite often. Yeah. And I think that knowing in my head that there is no ability to snooze, it's like, uh, it forces you yeah. open. Yeah. All right. So in addition to using the snooze as a trigger, you can also use an Apple Watch workout. I mean, it's just yes. crazy how far they went with this stuff. Yeah, it, it really is. Um, and, it, it you know, it, it's so amazing what you can actually do. Because, you know, when you start an Apple Watch workout, you can have it automatically start your playlist. Um, and things like that. Um, but at the same time, when you end it, you can also automatically have it open the health application for you. Um, and and that's, that's great because then you can review not just the workout that you've done, but all of the other things that you've done throughout your day. Yeah, I guessed it a few weeks ago on the, um, on the Connected podcast. Mike was out of town. And uh, Federico was talking about how he's working on a shortcut that when the alarm, when he turns off the alarm, it goes on the internet and pulls a bunch of data about the day and his calendar and probably the weather. And his goal is to turn that into a home screen, like mm-hmm. or a wallpaper for his device. I seem to remember doing something similar for um, somebody in the, the Facebook group for Mac Power users back when that existed. And I, I think the, um, the, the shortcut is still around somewhere um, because I was, I used the CSS file to, I, I made it with HTML and made it look kind of pretty uh, so that you could then convert it to a PDF, convert the PDF to an image and then save that as an image. But then you still had to set to edge your background manually. Yeah. Um, and uh, now you can, of course, just set it as your background. You don't even need to save the image. Yeah. So one of the new actions is you can, you can set a background wallpaper. So, yeah. And we're going to talk about actions later, but I mean, it's, it just it opens up a whole lot of new options. I know the easy thing for us to do, and we talked about this at WWDC, is say, well, uh, for some reason, I, I always go to music. Like when you look at these triggers, like they have arrival and leaving triggers, like when you mm-hmm. arrive and when you leave. And in my head, or even like before I need to leave, you know that how the alarms, the calendar can tell you when you need to leave. You know, it wouldn't be cool if it started playing this great, you know, motivational song. 10 minutes before you leave so you can start getting ready and having your favorite music playing. But, uh, you know, I think the trick is to go beyond the obvious with this stuff and really think, you know, what do I need to automate? Maybe before I need to leave, give me a warning and open up my, my toothbrush timer. And, you know, like, like really think about the steps you take and how your device can automatically handle a bunch of it for you. Yeah, exactly. With these triggers, it's all there for you. Yeah, and, and, you know, it's amazing. And, I mean, we should say, you know, not all of these can run automatically. So some of them can. So, for example, when you snooze or stop an alarm, a shortcut can run automatically. And when you open an app, a shortcut can run automatically. Uh, Very important. Do not set something else to open when you open shortcuts. Because otherwise, you are completely and utterly stuffed. Um, And I have no way of helping you out with that. I think maybe if you uninstall shortcuts, uh, that will help. But I'm I'm not sure. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, it's, it's somebody uh, I saw somebody on a Reddit thread the other day did that, and then they were trying to fix it, and everyone was like, "No idea," but you're basically stuffed. Um, so that that's not good. But there they there are other ones. So for, loop. Yeah, exactly. You you just can't fix that. Um, but when you um, when you connect to Wi-Fi or to a Bluetooth device. Um, then that's going to pop up and ask you because connecting to a Bluetooth device that's not something you 
do on your iPhone or your iPad necessarily. Uh, it may be in some cases um, that, for example, when you connect your AirPods, that, that just connects. You don't need to do anything after that very first pairing. Um, so, yeah, th- those ones need you to pop up and confirm. And uh, that is one of the bugs that I've run into. I cannot run any shortcut from a notification that it gives me right now. It's it's kind of crazy. I've been rebooting everything, reinstalling everything, and it's all stuck. Yeah, and but I mean, so with this new these automatic these automatic triggers that that will do things uh, on an event as opposed to you physically pressing a button, some of them do kick up a confirmation dialog box. And yeah, yeah, Apple has a logic to that. You know, it's stuff that would happen automatically will happen automatically, and stuff that you would normally go and tap buttons to happen, you're going to have to tap a confirmation. I think mm-hmm. that's probably a good idea. I, you know, I don't think we want automation unchecked. You know, that's going to lead to the robot uprising. But or at the very least, lead to you having unexpected things happening on your phone when 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 you don't think they should be happening because a, a trigger is misfiring or something. But but even then, it's just like so much of the drudgery is done now. You don't need to go to an app. You don't need to remember to go. It's just going to happen exactly. Yeah, I changed one of my shortcuts because previously I was using Launch Center Pro to remind me when I got home to stop my commuting timer. Um, yeah. And especially recently with the broken ankle, I've been really interested to see how, how long it's taking me to get to and from work um, compared to how long it would usually take. Um, and uh, spoiler, it's taking twice as long. Who would have guessed? Um, and uh it, you know, it's great that I now just have that pop-up in shortcuts, which is not to say that apps like Watch Center Pro and so on are defunct. They're definitely not. They they have their place and they, they still do the great things that they were doing before. Uh, but being able to run that directly in shortcuts uh, is great, especially actually um, because it, it's basically telling Timery to just stop my, my commuting timer. That's all it does. You know, I love, Rose, that you broke your ankle and you found a way to turn that into a series shortcut script. <laughs> Well, you'll be even more impressed. I even have an OmniFocus tag for it. All right. Yeah, I've got an OmniFocus tag for uh, when my ankle is not broken. Um, and I've put a bunch of things that I currently can't do because <laughs> of the broken ankle in there and it's on hold. And then as soon as uh, my ankle is, you know, back to being at least more normal, it's going to take a while. I'm going to have some physiotherapy and so on. Then I can delete that tag and all of those tasks will pop right back up. All right. So what is number one on your unbroken ankle list? Actually, it's going and getting a pedicure because, surprise, I can't sure. do that right now. <laughs> okay, yeah. Because that the cast sense. is all the way up to my knee, so I actually can't even bend my leg very well. So, like, you know, do my own pedicure or try to do my own pedicure with a plaster cast. Uh, so, yeah, I'm going to go. Can you see your toes right now? Or your yeah, toes? yeah, my toes are sticking out of the cast, which is great because it was 38 degrees Celsius yesterday. Yeah. Uh, which is, um, I can use a shortcut now because this is a new action to I, check what I, that is in I'm Fahrenheit. I'm from America. That's just barely above freezing. I don't understand what you're talking about. Okay. Well, <laughs> I'm looking. Uh, I'm actually using PCALC for this. Um, so it is 100 degrees, 100.4 yeah. degrees Fahrenheit. Yikes. So hot. Yikes. Yikes. Yeah. Um, one of the things you can do for a trigger now is, is an NFC tag. And oh, yeah. That's really cool because you can. Like, let's say you arrive home and you just slap your phone against a sticker that you've got in the door jam and then suddenly things start happening. I guess arriving home is also a trigger, too. So it's a, yeah. there's a but lot of overlap time, here, you know? Yeah, but at the same time, so there's a couple of things. You could have it connecting to your home Wi-Fi network. You could have the, the, the NFC tech or you could have the geolocation. Now, with the geolocation, I, I would point out the GPS is not the most accurate. Um, and so that may trigger when you're 
you know, still a little way away from home. And depending on how you're traveling, that, that could be a few minutes away or it could be five, ten minutes away, especially if you stop, you know, if you live in an apartment building, you stop downstairs to talk to your neighbor um, uh, or something, you know, then all of your lights have turned on and uh, the music's playing, but you're not there to actually enjoy it. Um, whereas something like the NFC sticker, well, if you don't want it to play, um, you know, the Indiana Jones theme tune when you come through the door when you have guests with you, then you just don't tap your phone on the NFC sticker. Um, and with the Wi-Fi network, of course, it's an even smaller area, depending on how good or bad your Wi-Fi network is, of course. And one of the nice things with the NFC stickers, the same sticker can be used with multiple phones, but they won't have the same automation. They, mm-hmm. you know, the, the automation is not embedded into the sticker. It's just a trigger. So yeah, uh, I could put one in the kitchen, and when I tap it, it sets the lights to a certain level. It plays my favorite jazz album. And, you know, it just does things that I want. Whereas my wife could tap the same sticker and it could set the lights to a different level and it could play her favorite, you know, uh, music. And, it, you know, you could, you could make that sticker work for different people. You could even make it work. And I guess you probably could, I haven't tested this yet, but I don't think you could make it work with different devices. I think that the sticker would, with your instance of Siri shortcuts, would work on the same in your iPad as your phone. Well, I mean, NFC stickers don't work on your iPad. So unless yeah, you true. happen to that's have true. two iPhones, yeah. um, and uh, as a reminder to people who, who want the NFC things, uh, unfortunately, you do need the, as as time of recording, latest generation of iPhones, which is 10S, 10S Max, or 10R. Uh, that is one of the reasons why I upgraded last year, I will admit. Uh, and it's been really useful to me, so I'm pretty happy with that. Yeah, but I mean, um, it, it's just really great because... There's just it opens up the world to people, and like you mentioned in passing, Wi-Fi that'll work for everybody's phones, you know. But my exactly. wife's trigger to iPad, Wi-Fi is yeah. going to be different than than mine, mm-hmm. which is really good as well. And and um, I, I from what I remember, the way that the NFC tags work um, is it's using the ID of them. Uh, so if there's data on there, I believe it's going to try and read that data first. Um, and NFC tags that you buy that have been pre-written may it may be set so that you cannot rewrite them. So if you're if you're looking for NFC tags, try and get some blank ones. Um, and then you can write to them with iOS at the very least on the newer devices. Um, but you don't need to do that with shortcuts. You can just register it, um, and it it asks you to just hold the NFC tag to the phone. And then uh, theoretically, the next time you touch your phone on the sticker, it should work. Uh, I say theoretically because I previously mentioned I have a bug. I get the notification, not always with the NFC, but most of the time, uh, but I can't run anything from it. And I am trying to uh, debug that one at the moment. And I'm, I've got a radar filed on that. And another trigger is Bluetooth connection. And I, so mm-hmm. I've got a mouse. I've been uh, attaching a mouse to my iPad just to play with it. Um, and I'm trying to automate the the accessibility setting to turn on in essence, the mouse support when mm-hmm. the device is connected. And that's just not showing up as one of the potential Bluetooth devices that can be a trigger. I mean, we're in the beta, so things, things are still a little wonky, but yeah. you can see the potential. Definitely. And of course, uh, something that we mentioned before is you can also use the buttons on the mouse to trigger shortcuts. Yeah. Which is possibly better. Uh, It depends on your point of view. Um, But the other thing that we haven't mentioned yet, which uh, I'm not sure many people know about, you can add shortcuts to the assistive touch menu. Which means that 
you don't need to uh, switch back to your widget or your home screen or any of that. You can just have them under this little button and you can tap on it and you can just run those shortcuts that you regularly need to run. Uh, and I've been experimenting with this. I don't usually use the assistive touch menu, but I've been experimenting with this for logging my the time that I work on different projects at work this week. Uh, and it's pretty useful, I have to say. I'm, I'm, if the NFC tags were working, I'd probably still be working with an NFC tag. Yeah. Um, but uh, it's that's being a bit wonky for me. So I've, I've been trying the assistive touch menu, and that's nice. Yeah. Uh, on the idea of, of triggering shortcuts from your desktop, or I'm sorry, from your springboard on the iPad now as well, because you can put the Today View on the iPad, um, mm-hmm. you can pick two to always appear. And I've been using up next, which is next appointment. And then the Siri shortcuts is my second standard one because I have a bunch of shortcuts that trigger other shortcuts. You know, I've nested them in essence. We've talked about this in the past on the show. I also cover that in the Siri shortcuts field guide. Um, but, you know, I've got like, I have one called legal and I tap that and it gives me a menu of all my legal related shortcuts. And I have one for Max Sparky, but that stuff is now all right on my, my home screen on my iPad. And, yeah. and I love that so much, Rose. It just makes it's, shortcuts all the more valuable. It's amazing. I love it. And I, I'm, I'm going to have to go back and recreate some of those as well. And, and I'm really going to have to tidy up my share sheet because that, that's driving me slightly insane. The number of shortcuts I have in my share sheet that probably shouldn't be there realistically. Yeah, well, so. let's talk about that a little bit because the share sheet behavior is different with this new version as well. Yes. It's taken me a little while to wrap my head around it. But essentially... Previously in the share sheet, there were two rows. There were applications where you would open whatever it was in a specific application, and then there were the more action-y items. So you could add something to deliveries or, you know, uh, copy the iCloud link to a shortcut and things like that. Um, And there were shortcuts. And shortcuts, the application was in the share sheet, and then it popped up and there was a little search at the top if you pulled down, and then there was just a list of the shortcuts that could take the kind of input being passed um, right now. So if you were sharing a photo, then it would only show you the shortcuts that could accept photos. This has now changed into one long list intermingled with the other applications, uh, which for some people, not a problem. If you maybe only have 20 shortcuts, that's fine. If you have 847 shortcuts and most of them can accept any kind of share sheet input because all you ever did was previously use a search, you may be going slightly insane. If you are, please talk to me because I'm doing exactly the same thing. Um, I'm having to go through and look at every single one of my shortcuts and see whether or not it's in the share sheet. Um, And if it's in the share sheet, is it accepting um, input that it should be accepting? Or can I reduce that number, the amount of input here? Um, Can I get rid of the shortcut entirely? Or can I maybe uh, combine this into uh, another shortcut uh, instead? So. Yeah, and just with the prior version, it was kind of like in essence a folder. You tap, yeah. you'd have to tap on the the shortcuts button, and then you'd get access to all of them. And now they're just interspersed with it. I think overall it's more useful. Even though I understood the difference between the top line and the bottom line share sheet before iOS thirteen, I always felt like it was a very subtle thing and didn't always make sense. Now the mm-hmm. new system they're using is much easier, and um, yeah. They've incorporated, I think they call it the SF. Um, there's a group of images they've added to the San Francisco font. I forget the name that Apple has for it, but basically they're glyphs. Maybe it's SF glyphs, I don't remember. But they've incorporated that into shortcuts. So now the 
the glyphs you can attach your shortcuts are built into the system and then they show up in the share sheet as well so you can visually find it but you're right yeah. if you have a lot of them it's time to audit and then look at the ones you really use exactly yeah and that that's the thing that i'm trying to figure out i'm what I would really like to do, and I, I'm still trying to figure out if this is possible, is whenever um, I run one of these, I would really like to have the name of the shortcut that I've run logged in a file, uh, which I have a horrible feeling is going to mean that I need to add something to every single shortcut, which is even more work. Um, uh, but uh, th then I would actually know which ones I use, because some of them I use all the time and others I rarely use, but they are very complicated processes. So I should keep them, but maybe they don't need to be in the share sheet and I can actually get the input in the shortcut itself. Yeah, so. makes sense. Well, we have more to talk about on automators about shortcuts, but before we get there, I want to take a minute to talk about our next sponsor and that's our friends over at Smile. This episode of automators is brought to you by Text Expander. Uh, give your productivity a boost with Text Expander and Turn the things you type often into snippets. You can use them everywhere you type. So Text Expander is the application where you can type a few letters and it automatically fills in a bunch of text for you. But I have brought this to a ninja level of automation. And I think you should too, because you're listening to the automators. Why not? Text Expander brings so much more to the table. Like for instance, with Text Expander, you can use it inside your team or your company for customer supports, re-emails, you know, all that stuff where you've got the person who writes the best text in your company writing the responses that goes out to all your customers. And if you want to be more productive, Text Expander helps you out there as well with repetitive typing tasks, leaving more time for what you do best. Um, as an automator, I really like Text Expander as an automation tool because there's a lot of stuff I do that's text related and automator is so perfect for that. And that's because Text Expander doesn't just fill in text in replacement for things, you know, like the typical text replacement app. Text Expander has the ability to use tokens. And they redid the user interface on this, by the way, recently. And it's really nice. So if you haven't looked at it, you need to go back and look again. Where you can have it put in the date and time into your text for you. Uh, when I'm working with uh, legal clients, I sometimes keep a log of relevant events to a transaction I'm working for. And I just type XDTS in my head, that's X date timestamp. And it's a text expander snippet that puts in the date and the time. And I just type that, it drops it in, then I hit return and I start typing my notes. And then I've got a date stamp that I can put in any place on my Mac uh, that, you know, for text I'm writing down, just a simple way I use it. You can also have fill in snippets where it prompts you to write in the name, you know, the most obvious examples when you're sending an email, you can have it fill in the name of the person you're sending the email to. But you could also use Apple scripts with Text Expander. So I've got an Apple script that automatically generates that name. But I still use the fill in as well for different things. And you can, one thing an automator can do is you can repeat that field. So if you have the same text snippet two or three different places, you can just repeat it in Text Expander. You don't have to fill it in once. You can have it grab the contents of your clipboard. I mean, Text Expander is an automation tool. And if you're not using it, you should definitely try it out. Uh, so if you want to, head over to textexpander.com slash podcast, and you can learn more about the application. You can download it there. Make sure you let them know you heard about it here on Automators. It helps support the show, and we really appreciate that. 
But you know, that this is one of the most obvious ways to get started with automation. If you're not doing it yet, you need to download this and check it out. There's just nothing like it for text automation on the iPad, the iPhone, and the Mac. And now Text Expander is on Windows as well. So go check it out. And thank you, Text Expander, for all of your support. Once again, that's textexpander.com slash podcasts and let them know you heard about it on The Automators. Well, I have some breaking news that happened literally right as you were reading that in that Developer Beta 3 has just landed, uh, which means that by the time this episode is out on Friday, everything's going to be fixed and working perfectly in the public beta, right? Yes. Is that how that works? I'm the eternal optimist. Yeah, well, uh, I, I, I'm not yet installing it. We still have the rest of the episode to finish uh, before I'm allowed to install any of the uh, new betas on my devices. That was a promise I made to David before the episode started, at least in my head. If the beta landed, I was not going to install it while the episode is running, just in case. Yeah. Um. So, yeah, uh, but uh, so some of the things that we are talking about may have already been fixed or updated, which is great, but there is nothing wrong with the rest of the episode. So let's keep going. Yeah, well, I mean, we've been focusing on the features with this episode, exactly. not the bugs. But the um, but and, and speaking of features, we've talked about all the new triggers. We haven't really talked much about the actions. No, and um, I mean, it's not necessarily so much about the the new actions that are built into shortcuts. Not to belittle them, though, the, the, there's a couple that are really great. Um, but it's all of the new actions that other applications can now add to shortcuts with parameters that have got me excited. So, yeah, explain parameters to the audience. So, essentially, previously, if you wanted to create a draft, um, and this is perhaps not the best example. Um, so, say you wanted to create a new note in Agenda. Okay, Agenda is a, an application where you can take notes and they're linked to calendar events. Um, previously, you pretty much had to copy it to your clipboard and then Agenda would have had to grab that from your clipboard or... Agenda could just say, hey, if you want to create a new note and agenda, we're just going to open a new note. And that's it. And then you, you do whatever you like. Um, now, people like the developers of Agenda and the developers of Drafts and everybody else can say, hey, uh, in order to create a new draft or a new note in Agenda or something, I would like a title and I would like the note body. Um, and maybe I want some tags as well. And then they can tell you exactly what this is and how it should look like. And then you can put that information in, in shortcuts. And then it will give that information to drafts or agenda or JSON, um, the application by uh, Simon Stovering, who also makes Scriptable. Um, and then that application gets the data and goes, great, I know what to do with this. And it does it. And this is amazing because previously all of these actions like adding a task to OmniFocus were created and maintained by the shortcuts team, which I have no idea how many billions of apps are on the App Store now, but that's just not a viable long-term solution. The parameters framework for the shortcuts actions is because now it's up to the developers to add these actions into shortcuts with the parameters they need. And whenever they change something, they can change it in shortcuts as well. And I am in love with this. It's so good. Yeah, I mean, before, the, to pass data between applications, you had to use a URL scheme, which was amazing for the time that it worked at all, honestly, but it was tedious. Or, you know, the latest hack people were using in iOS 12 was the clipboard, using a clipboard as a temporary storage space. But it was never reliable, and it was really only one place you can hold data. And with parameters, now applications can freely exchange data between themselves. I mean, there's limits, of course, but it, it's 
it's greatly enhanced the ability to move data from one application to the next. And it, it's built for that. It's not a hack that was thought of later. And as developers incorporate this, it's going to greatly increase the things you can do with shortcuts. Yes, it absolutely is. Because, for example, now when uh, creating um, a, a new draft in drafts, I can specify what tags I want to apply to that, which also means that I could have a list of, say, four tags I use frequently in shortcuts and select those and then pass that through instead of having to type them out once I'm in drafts or trying to URL encode them and add them into a URL scheme, which, yes, I have previously been doing and now I no longer need to do. Um, so yeah, th this is really good. Um, and hopefully this will replace the URL scheme. This is not to say that URL schemes are bad, but I mean, Apple have been saying, you know, URL schemes are not the most secure because, well, anybody can run them with anything. And this is a framework offered by Apple specifically for shortcuts, which means that, you know, you, you can pass data to it and from it, um, because once you've created that draft and drafts and, you know, Agile horses can pass back whatever information they think you're going to need, uh, which is, of course, exactly what we want. Um, developers giving us that data back. And this isn't just, you know, more safe, it's better. I mean, it's just, it's more secure, it's easier to manage uh, for, for Rose's mom. She's going to be able to grab data from another application without ever understanding the URL callback, which she never yeah. would have understood. Um, so it's just, I, I think it's just superior. Uh, I want to see how it's implemented, and I, I hope that they don't put too many limitations on it. But uh, watching the videos of the sessions at WWDC and and my own experimentation with it so far, it's just been all positive for me. Oh, yeah. Yeah, it is really good. And I'm really excited to see what developers are doing with this as well. So, for example, um, JSON has got some new actions where you, you can actually give it JSON and have it display it instead of you know, telling JSON, hey, show my clipboard. Well, now you just give it the text, which means that whatever's on your clipboard stays on your clipboard. And so you don't have to do a dance at the beginning of a shortcut where you get the current clipboard, save it to a variable, and then at the end of the shortcut, you put you it get back the, in. Or, yeah, and yeah, you put it back. Yeah. So it's crazy. Yeah. I, Rose, I am so excited with um, shortcuts. I feel like it was, I was a little surprised because at the keynote, they didn't really mention it. They didn't mention it at all, but then it did come in the, up in the state of the union. And the, um, and that's just because frankly, Apple had so much on their plate this year at the keynote. But to me, this is, I mean, the changes between uh, a series shortcuts in iOS 12 and shortcuts in iOS 13 are greater than the changes between workflow and shortcuts. You know, Definitely. if you look at the way it changed when they brought it into Apple, they were just getting it settled in. Those roots were still growing. This year, the changes are more extreme, and they're all generally for the better. Yeah, yeah, they are. Um, and, you know, it, it's a little bit of pain for us early adopters to have to rewrite some shortcuts. But we're, we're early adopters here. You know, if stuff goes wrong, well, that's on our heads because we've chosen to, to play with it. Um, but, you know. In general, it's working, and uh, as always, uh, I'm filing feedback whenever things don't work as I expect, or whenever th things seem to work in an unexpected manner. And I've got some cases where you know this this probably is expected behavior, but to me, it's not expected because it didn't used to work that way. And it would be nice if there was a little pop up saying, "Hey, you know, this has changed from this to that." Uh, when you know people who've got it installed install the, the final version in September. 
And the ones that ha- that you are updating, you know, I'm finding I can make them more efficient because of the new oh, tools. Yeah. And in Definitely. some ways better because new options, because of it's so simplified, I'm able to uh, find better ways to make it happen or, or improve upon the the original shortcut. So I, I don't mind going back. It's a little time consuming, but I'm actually enjoying going through and rebuilding a bunch of them. Definitely. Um, I kind of wish that I could just say, hey, all the ones that are, you know, currently in the share sheet, uh, like disable them or something, disable all of my shortcuts. And then as I go through and manually fix the shortcuts and turn them on, I can realize that, hey, maybe 80% of my shortcuts I don't necessarily use on a regular basis so they can go. But, you know, there's no way to do that yet. iOS 14, here we come. The way you fix that is you have to go into find each one and turn it off in the settings for each one. Yeah, that's that's no fun. Uh, just like we don't have folders yet to uh, to organize shortcuts, but you know, as I've said earlier, I, I think that's probably a fringe problem. I don't think there's a lot of people with hundreds of shortcuts like you and me. But well, maybe we're going to see that by next year because now yeah. it's coming installed on everyone's phone by default. You know, hopefully, a lot more people are going to pick this stuff up and play with it. That's what we want. Yeah, and and if there's people with a lot of shortcuts, they're probably listening to automators. Yeah, yeah. Uh, Pretty much guaranteed, or at least I hope so. And uh, if you know a friend with a lot of shortcuts who isn't listening to the show, well, suggest it to them politely, please. Well, uh, I'll tell you. not say torture them and make them listen to the show, because that sounds horrible. I, I'm more excited about uh, mobile automation now than ever. Uh, I oh, mean, yeah. with these triggers, with parameters, with the new programming model, suddenly Siri Shortcuts is even more powerful and easier to access. So I... Uh, I just can't wait to see what comes of all of this. Yeah, it, it's it's really exciting to see, you know, what has changed and the way that it's changed for the better. Because you can tell the shortcuts team, not that they don't care about us power users, but they're thinking of the people who are new to this. And they're trying to think, okay, how can we make this understandable and attractive to everybody? You know, from my grandmother down, my grandmother owns two iPads. And realistically, she's probably never going to play with shortcuts, but my parents probably will. At least if I, I show them how to do some things with it, they're, they're going to be excited enough to give it a go. And, I've I, you know, I've already got my dad running a shortcut now to airdrop his uh, selected photos from his phone and delete them. Um, so, you know, I, I can see more and more people, you know, playing with this and seeing if they can figure it out. Yeah, and it really, even for us power users, you know, making it easier. I mean, how often have you had shortcuts fail? Maybe you don't because you're a superhero, but I I have shortcuts fail all the time because I don't have the variable in the right place or an assumption I made just didn't turn out to be true. And then I've got Mm -hmm. to trace it and figure it out. And on longer shortcuts, it becomes a pain in the neck. I mean, even for people who I would consider power users, this is going to make it easier. Definitely. And, you know, even for me, because I I am struggling a little bit more at the moment because I seem to have a bug on my iPhone where it occasionally gets possessed and it moves up and down inside of a shortcut uh, when I'm trying to like look at a variable or edit a variable, a magic variable. Um, but uh, so this is making it easier despite that little bug. Um, so, yeah. So I think all very good things and I'm super excited. All that being said, it's still a beta. I'm hesitant. Please don't install the public beta on your working phone unless you don't mind it occasionally not being a working phone. (laughs) uh, Uh, Or 
less than occasionally uh, as mine spent most of this morning going, hey, I'm going to reboot. Uh, I'm going to reboot again. I'm going to reboot again. And then when it finally booted, it wasn't working. So I had to reboot it again. <laughs> but if you have an extra device, I think it's a lot of fun to get in there and play with it. So, you know, choose your yeah, own poison. it is. Yes. Um, and beware. I mean, the migration in beta 2 fixed most of my shortcuts, um, which were really broken um but uh, quite a few were still broken so especially if you're relying on your shortcuts to do things um turn off icloud sync on the device that you're planning on upgrading um so that if they're broken on that device the brakes will not sync back and also if you are upgrading just one of your devices and you use um, icloud sync for your shortcuts do turn off icloud sync on that device that you upgrade because once you run it on ios 13 it will no longer work on ios 12. Um, so, so please be careful with this. All right, Rose, you've got to be honest with me. Have you started the install of the third beta on one of your devices already? Damn it, you know me so well. Right? Right? <laughs> Which one? Yeah, I, I have my 11-inch iPad Pro. Me too. Uh, it, it's just preparing it. update. I it's preparing the it. update. I just pushed yeah, it. I feel like yeah. we're, we're at I, the end. I, I'm okay now. Yeah, yeah. Like, uh, I, I've I, still got my iPhone here in case I need to double-check something, but... I, How long ago did you push a button, Rose? I'm going to say 10 minutes ago. Was it 10 minutes ago? No, like two minutes after I told you I wasn't going to install it. I that was like 10 all. minutes ago. Yeah, all oh, right. Okay. All right. Okay. okay. There we go. But it's okay because it's the end of the show. Uh, and we would really like to thank our sponsors for the show, which are Away. Uh, that's awaytravel.com slash automators and Smile with Text Expander. Uh, all of the links, as always, will be in the show notes. And you can find the Automators podcast on Twitter, Automators FM, and also over in our forums where we would love to have you join this discussion and tell us all the things that you are excited about in the new iPad and iOS betas of shortcuts. Um, and that is at talk.automators.fm. Uh, David, where can people find you on the internet and around the internet? Uh, MaxBarkey.com is a good enough place. Head over there and you'll find all the stuff I do. That's where you're, when you're not hanging out in Batu, which you seem to be at quite frequently, according to Instagram. I am over at rosemaryorchard.com, and you will find links to all of my social media there. And we would like to thank you, our favorite listeners, for listening to this episode. And we will see you again in two weeks. Music